0: Welcome to Campfire Football. I'm Sebastian North, and today, three games were scheduled, only two were played. Man City Everton was postponed due to rising COVID cases, so we'll go over the Crystal Palace Leicester game and the Chelsea Villa game. Also, as I planned out before, we'll go over a little article written by Matt Stead on Football 365 entitled, Bielsa Keeps Leeds Critics Happy by Rolling the Deitch. Terrific title. All right. Well, Crystal Palace Leicester, first game of the day. Uh, pretty enjoyable game overall. Uh, you know, I've, I've said before, maybe on here and to friends, that, you know, Crystal Palace are not a team I love to watch play, especially if they either have the lead or are tied in a the game. They don't tend to be very expansive. But this was an interesting game because, uh, you know, Leicester made quite a few changes. They had, I think, uh, Hamza Chowdhury started, Kelechi Inaccio started, and you could just see just a little bit of... Uh, they just weren't quite totally settled. And to be honest, Crystal Palace, they don't change their, re- their team really from one game to the next. So you didn't see Leicester in full flow, and you saw Palace being Palace. I mean, the goal that Zaha scores to get the lead going, I think this is one of those excellent pieces for any player, any, anyone still playing. This is an incredible thing to watch because what he does is when he receives the ball, he goes forward and breaks the first line of defenders to get into the counterattack. He also does this by using strength and determination to make sure he holds onto the ball to get into the midfield and out of his defensive third. Once that's done, calm down, pick up your head, find someone who is a runner, who is giving you something. And after you've done that, go and get yourself in the box. The finish was excellent. Uh, I'm sure goalkeepers probably feel like Kasper Schmeichel should have had his near post covered. But I have to say, if I was Zaha, I'd feel like I hit that so well that you didn't have much of a chance. That's the perspective I would have as the goal scorer, not, oh, goalkeeper made a mistake. Um, So... Excellent goal that, and then Harvey Barnes goes and uh, reprints the goal he scored a couple days ago against United and hits another, you know, rocket of a left foot shot. Uh, Again, like I said, I love the way Harvey Barnes plays. He's so direct, really fun to watch. And um, quick note as well, Kelechi Inaccio's penalty. Okay, again, for all young players out there. Or anybody, just if you if you are not someone who has been taking penalties and scoring goals, if you're in a drought or if you you know, you really want to make sure that you take this chance because you don't get a whole lot of them. You know, it reminds me of Adam O'Luckman taking his penalty against Fulham a few weeks ago where he Panenka's it right into the goalies breadbasket. It's like do the simple thing find a corner, hit it firm. Do it simple. If you are not a player who is taking consistent penalties to where the goalkeepers have video of you and they're, you know, and they know exactly what you plan on doing and what the percentages are, okay, then you maybe have to get clever. But Coleccio Ognacio is not taking penalties on a consistent basis. So really, the most simple thing would have been enough, and uh, just too bad. Either way, game ending in one-one. Thought it was totally reasonable and fair. Uh, Chelsea Villa. That was a really good game. I thought the better of the two. It was really tense, Um, mostly because Villa right now are feeling great. They're confident. Uh, They're very settled. They roll out the same team pretty much every single week, every single match. And they're playing with house money right now, Villa. I mean, you know, think about this. Before lockdown, this team was in big trouble of going down. They fixed their defensive issues. Right? The coaching staff and everyone got together, they fixed the coaching issues, they fixed the defensive issues, and then had a much better close to the season. They've started this one excellently. And you can only think that they're going to be one of those teams that is very comfortable in mid-table. If, you know, if not, they're going to be slightly higher than that. So this made for an interesting game because Chelsea, I think, with their recent run, are far more nervous right now. And once again, like the Le- like Leicester, Chelsea made quite a few changes. We saw Rudiger and Christensen in the back, and since the start of the season um, to now, what we've seen is Chelsea getting more solid in the defense, but without those two specifically. So this was an important opportunity for them to do well and show. And you could just you could see the tension. You could see they were nervous. They didn't want to make mistakes. And um, overall, I think the whole game. Had a little bit of that to it. And it was, there was plenty of good quality. Chelsea's first goal was absolutely terrific. The key to this goal, you have to be positive and go forward. The way Zaha drove out of midfield and it got out of his defensive third and got into midfield and was able to then find someone to then run on for a ball. Chelsea's goal, up until they scored it, most of their attacks were fizzling out because they would maybe have a good combination, but someone would slow down, check back, and nothing was available. Here, every single play, every single player involved in the action turned, faced forward, and attacked. And you have a quick combination. If you keep the rhythm going, once you turn up the pace and the rhythm of your attack, you have to keep it going and get runners forward. That's how you're gonna be difficult to mark, and that's how they scored their goal. The goal that Villa scored, very interesting, I, almost identical type of finish, uh, Anwar Al Ghazi to Louis, uh, L- Wilfred Zaha's. So thought that was, I was going to say Louis Zaha. Um, Christensen and Grealish come together. Grealish beats Christensen to the ball, nicks it by him, but he has enough time to just run past Christensen. And in the super slow mo, you could see him leave his foot out to make sure the contact happened so that he could get a foul. But the ref said play on. Both of them are on the deck. Grealish gets up because he's not hurt. And I hope that Andreas Christensen was actually really hurt because if you're a central defender, you have to get back up and get into position as quickly as you can no matter what's going on. So hopefully he was actually too injured to really feel like he could get up. But the destabilization right there was a clear reason why that ball ended up uh, in the back of the net. Chelsea weren't organized once the ball got switched. So, really good game, honestly. A few players I want to give a little shout-out to um, in that game. Ben Chilwell, Chilwell, two really excellent volleys. One blocked, one grazing the outside of the post. And uh, Jacob Ramsey from Villa. Villa boy came on within about 30 seconds, had a curler that I thought was in. It was almost as if it went through the net, found a hole in the net. Uh, so that was almost a huge moment for him. It would have been incredible. And that's all the games, really, for today. Um, the Man City-Everton thing does present a couple of interesting pieces. There will be even more games in hand for Man City now. I think they're already one or two behind. So that's going to be interesting the way it plays out in the title race. Side note for any of you who do fantasy football, with these postponements, There are going to be some big double game weeks down the line. So save your trip, Captain. Save your free chip. I'm telling you they're going to be useful at those points, all right? Okay. So I did say that I wanted to share a little article with you, a segment that I'll do again in the future plenty of times. This is on football365.com by Matt Stead. It is called Bielsa Keeps Leeds Critics Happy by Rolling the Deitch. And this is about the way that he played this weekend and the way he's been criticized recently. So basically, I think it's a little bit weird as football fans, as as even people, you know, like me at a small commentary level, all the way up to people who are in um, you know, the studio at the highest levels of punditry, I think we all need to actually start really thinking about do we are we really doing a service by just reacting every single week. Um, Some things that I want to mention from this article. First of all, the, the opening quote is great. It's, the narrative is absolutely insatiable. It bloody loves it. Meaning, these narratives that people put together, no matter what they are, the narrative fuels itself. And we just keep pouring gasoline on that fire. So, again, I I really recommend everyone read this. I'm not going to spend much time on it. Just a couple important things I noticed. For instance, you know, Paul Merson, apparently, was fuming after the feat to Manchester United and insisted that everyone is caught on to the way Leeds play and wondered whether the squad would get fed up of playing the way they are playing. This is, they'd just beaten Newcastle 5-2. Leeds, all right. Then they go and play Man United and lose 6 2. The way Man U play, that, that is, and the way Leeds play, any kind of high scoring result sounds possible from those two teams. So to me, you know, I just didn't really think it was a big deal. But here you have these pundits who are like, oh my God, Leeds is not going to survive in this division, right? Because they're conceding too many goals. This article really goes into what is it that we are asking and expecting from these guys? What are we expecting from these teams? Because from what it looks like, we're not getting anything. We're not happy because we don't want to be. People always have a way of criticizing. Uh, The other quote that I'll say from this article, and then hopefully you can go ahead and read it so I don't spoil the whole thing for you, is when Bielsa said, I don't worry too much about what the press thinks. I always listen, read, and try to take the best possible message from what's written. What does worry me is that what's written does influence the public. They decrease the capacity to understand for the public and try to destabilize by suggesting to the players that the style needs to be changed. Matt Stead says his point is simple. The condemnation does not impact him but might plant a seed of doubt in the minds of supporters or players. He knows the virtues of his ways, but every defeat might chip away at that external belief. So, I love Bielsa Ball. I think it's great. I love Marcelo Bielsa's approach. I love the way Leeds play. And, you know, if you are a Leeds fan and you have a problem with it, fine, right? But any of the rest of us need to just enjoy this for the neutral spectacle that it is. Instead of going and being like, we need, you need to change something, Ball's, you Ball's know, BS, it doesn't even matter. They need to tighten up. They need to be more like Burnley. Well, beat Burnley at their own game. As Matt Stead says, Burnley dragged leads down to their level and lost. So this is something I'll do again in the future um, and because I, I love to read about football. And I'll find some good things and hopefully be able to relay them to you. And really, thank you for stopping in again. This has been Campfire Football. In the coming week, I will be doing a little segment about the New Year's because, well, how can we not? I'll give some awards, my favorite things, right? Some of my favorite games and goals. And we will also be having my first interview slash conversation with a friend of mine, a good, good friend of mine called Ben. He's going to be on the show with us. And we are going to talk about loyalty. All right, everybody. Have a great night. Thanks so much for stopping in. This is Campfire Football.